So happy birthday, people of Christ Church, 33 years old, and you look so much younger. 33 years old, 1987 on October 18 was the very first service of what is now Christ Church, meeting at the old Lorton Elementary School right at Lorton Road in Interstate 95. And uh, from there, look how the Lord has guided. Look how the Lord has directed. Look how the Lord has blessed us as a church family, as we have done our very best to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit and to trust in him in every way, every shape, and every form. God has provided, and we are blessed uh, that you are a part of this church family. You know, over the last few weeks, uh, we've been studying the unbreakable promises of God. You know, and we've learned that uh, God has promised us his presence through the power of the Holy Spirit. We have also learned that God has promised us his amazing grace. The unbreakable promise of God is amazing grace. God has also promised us his peace, a peace that passes all understanding down in our heart. He's also promised us that we will have a life full of meaning and full of purpose. That is, God gives us significance because our self-worth is derived by the fact that he loves us beyond all of our wildest dreams and our fondest imaginations. You know, God has also promised us rest for our soul. He has also promised us a way out when temptation comes our way. And as I mentioned last week, it's always coming our way, right? It's always coming towards you. And God has always promised us, the unbreakable promise of God is that he will give us a way out. And so today, what I'm doing is I am going to be talking about the unbreakable promise of the guidance of God, God's guidance, the unbreakable promise of God's guidance, particularly when we don't know what to do. God has promised to give us some guidance. Now, you know, when you read God's word, you will find dozens and dozens and dozens of examples of God speaking directly to his people. He spoke to Noah. He spoke to Moses. He spoke to Abraham. He spoke to David. He spoke to Samuel. He spoke to, uh, to Jonah. As Jonah was uh, running from the Lord and ended up getting swallowed by the big fish. You know, God spoke uh, in the New Testament. God spoke to Peter. He spoke to Paul. He spoke to John. You know, over and over and over again, we find the way God has spoken to his people. You know, and when you read these stories, you begin to think, my goodness, you know, uh, doesn't God speak anymore? You know, he, he spoke to all these peoples and uh, people and dozens and dozens of more people, but is God speaking to us today? I mean, does God have, uh, this guy, has God lost his voice? You know, or maybe does God not find us interesting enough to have a conversation with us or to speak to us? Well, here's the deal. The fact is God does still speak to us. He does. He still speaks. Now, before you think that I've lost my mind by even suggesting that God is still speaking to us today, uh, let me be clear about how God speaks. You know, I, a number of years ago, I did a, an entire sermon series on the way God speaks to us. 
One of the ways that I shared is that God speaks right here through the scriptures. He speaks through his word. He speaks through the scriptures to our heart. Interpreted by the Holy Spirit, God speaks to us. God not only speaks through the scriptures, but he speaks through Holy Spirit gifted teachers. Holy Spirit gifted teachers. He speaks through gifted teachers to the people of God. How else does God speak to us? He speaks through impressions, impressions that are made to us or given to us by the Holy Spirit. And he also speaks through our pain. He speaks through our pain. You know, uh, it's, uh, it's been said that God whispers in our pleasure, but God shouts in our pain. Well, how true that is. God speaks to us during times of pain. Now, I'm going to give you today five ways, five ways where you can tune into God and hear God speak. Five ways for you to tune into God and actually hear God speak when you need guidance. You know, uh, uh, God will speak directly to you uh, in a, a variety of ways, but you've got to learn how to tune in. You've got you've to make sure you're on the right channel. You've got to be paying attention in order to hear God speak, in order to know that God is speaking to you. All right, but so there are three prerequisites in order to hear God speak. I want to go over those real quick. Three prerequisites in order for you to hear God speak, in order for you to get the guidance you need from God. Here's the first one. Is that you need to be confident that God cares. All right, so if you're, if you're writing this down, please be sure you write this down. This is important, and we've got to understand that we need to be confident when we go to the Lord and recognize that God does, in fact, care. In fact, we find here in 1 Peter 5, 7, uh, in the book of Peter, uh, 1 Peter, uh, Peter is speaking. He says, give all your worries and cares to God. Now, why? Because what? Because God cares about you, right? Give all your worries and cares to God because he cares about you. How much clearer can you be? God cares about you. You know, often we Christians think God is so aloof and so far away and so indifferent and so detached from us, you know, that God couldn't possibly care about the little details of our life. But you'd be wrong if you think that way. You'd be wrong. God cares about even the little details uh, of our life. And you know, if you think that God doesn't care, it affects the way you pray. It affects the way you pray. It's no wonder you don't hear God giving you guidance or experience God guiding you in your life if you don't think that God cares. You know, so, so many times, you know, I, I'll run into somebody and say, well, you know, they'll tell me their problem and they'll say, well, I'll say, have you prayed about it? And sometimes I get the answer, well, you know, I really don't want to bother God with this. Well, that's the wrong way to look at it. It's the wrong way to look at it. God cares about every detail of your life. In fact, check this out. From Matthew 6, 31 and 32 says, So don't worry about these things, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? Your heavenly Father already knows your needs. I mean, what a great verse right there. You recognize the implication of that, right? 
It's that God cares about every detail of your life. You know, you don't need to think about what you're going to eat or what you're going to wear or what are you going to drink. God already knows that you need these things. You know, and the real and and to know why is because He made you. God cares about you. Why? Because He created you. He made you. God made you. In fact, God. God cares more about you than I think that you care about yourself. And you say, well, how do you think that way, John? And I say, well, this. You know, particularly those of you who are parents, you know, I tend to believe that, that we parents care more about the comfort and safety of our kids than our kids care about the comfort and safety of themselves. And the reason why is because they're our kids, right? We, we birthed them. They're our children, and we deeply care about our kids. Well, in the same way, God deeply cares about you. Here's the second thing that we need to know. Not only be confident that God cares, but we need to be specific when going to God for guidance. We need to ask clear questions. That's what I mean by that. Be specific. Ask God clear questions. Ask God clear questions. You know, when you're looking for guidance for God, you know, you don't need to be wishy-washy about it. Ask him exactly what it is that you need. The more specifically you ask, the more able God is to answer it. Instead of, uh, instead of saying, uh, God, do you want to say anything to me? You know, wait, wait, that's not the way to go about it. Uh, you need to say, God, what do you think about this particular thing? You know, God, what, how do you want to guide me about this particular issue? You need to be specific when you go to the Lord in prayer. Over 20 times in the New Testament, uh, we find that it, we're told to be specific in our prayers. In fact, James 1 uh, verse 5, the first part of that says this, if you want to know what God wants you to do, well, what do you need to do? What does it say? It says, ask him. If you want to know what God wants you to do, ask him. And he will begrudgingly tell you? No. He will gladly tell you. If you want to know what God wants you to do, ask him, and he will gladly tell you. Uh, James says, we don't have because we don't ask. You know, uh, uh, God wants us to ask for advice about our relationships, about our career choices, about our health, about our finances. God is eager, willing, and able to respond. But look, you got to be specific. You need to ask clear questions. If you want to know what God wants you to do, ask him and he will gladly tell you. Here's number three, third prerequisite to going to God and asking for guidance is to be sure that God will answer. Do you see that? Be sure that God will answer. Be sure that God will answer. One more time, be sure that God will answer. All right, let's go back to the book of James right here. Uh, the second part of verse 5 in chapter 1 and the first part of verse 6 says this, God is always ready to give a bountiful supply of wisdom to those who ask him. He will not resent it. But when you ask him, look at this, be sure that you really expect him to tell you. Do you see that? Be sure 
that you really expect them to tell you. You know, if you if you printed out the notes, I want you to circle the word expect. You know, if uh, if you haven't printed out, just take your take your trusty uh, index finger and circle in the air the word expect. Circle the word expect right there. Make sure that you really expect God to answer. God is more willing to listen to your prayer and answer your prayer than you are even to pray. That's for sure. You know, uh, and when you really pray, when you're really expecting God to answer, you will be more open to receiving the answer from God. So when you come to God, you need to be confident that God cares about you. You need to uh, be specific and ask God clear questions. And then you need to be sure and confident that God will answer. So here's the question for you. How now can you get guidance from God when you don't know what to do? When you're searching for what to do, how do you get clear guidance, clear direction from God? Well, in the Old Testament book of Habakkuk, and yes, by the way, there really is an Old Testament book of Habakkuk. Uh, you'll find it uh, there if you search hard enough. It is there. It's one of, he's one of the minor prophets in the Old Testament. And what Habakkuk did was Habakkuk asked God a series of six questions. He asked a series of six questions in his first chapter, in chapter one, first uh, uh, six questions in chapter one. And then in chapter two, he shows us how he expected God and what he did in order to tune in to make sure that he was going to get the guidance he needed from God. And so we're going to take a look at that. Let's take a look at Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 1 to 2. We're going to take this verse apart, by the way, and go phrase by phrase, idea by idea through here so that we can learn how to get guidance from God, the kinds of things you need to do in order to make sure you're tuned in right. Check this out from Habakkuk chapter 2. It says this, I will climb my watchtower and wait to see what the Lord will tell me to say and what answer he will give to my complaint. The Lord gave me this answer. Write down clearly on tablets what I revealed to you so that it can be read at a glance. Okay, I'm going to read it one more time. It says this. Now Habakkuk is speaking and says, I will climb my watchtower and I will wait to see what the Lord will tell me to say and what answer he will give to my complaint. The Lord gave me this answer. Write down clearly on tablets what I revealed to you so that it can be read at a glance. Okay, so now we've got the, the, the text from Habakkuk. What do we need to learn about getting guidance from God? It's an unbreakable promise that God will give us guidance through the Holy Spirit, but here we go. Here's what we learn. The first thing is you need to retreat retreat. Write that down. You need to find a quiet spot. You want guidance from God? You need to find a quiet spot, a quiet spot. The first thing that God's going to tell you to do when you want guidance from him is you've got to retreat. You've got to find a quiet spot to be in. Habakkuk, uh, the first uh, part of verse one says this, I will climb my watchtower. Okay, what is he talking about here? Now, Habakkuk was not at this point 
climbing a literal watchtower. What he was doing is using a phrase in Hebrew that says, I'm going to get myself apart. I'm going to separate myself from the noise. I'm going to get in a quiet spot so that I can hear God speak, so that I can hear God speak. I've got to find a quiet place. You know, I think in today's uh, culture, in today's time, we find it really hard to find that quiet spot. We find it really hard to find a a place that we can retreat to because there's just so much noise that's going on all around us. And especially uh, parents uh, of uh, of kids today who, who don't even leave the house to go to school. The kids are always home. You know, where in the world are you gonna go to find a quiet place? Well, let me tell you a story real quick. Back in the 1700s, there was a woman named Susanna Wesley. Susanna Wesley. Susanna Wesley was the mother of 18 children. Do you hear that? The mother of 18 children. I went back in my genealogy, and my great, great, great grandparents had 14 children. Susanna and uh, Samuel Wesley uh, beat them by four, had 18 children. And the amazing thing was, first of all, she was a sold-out follower of Jesus. And she always, always, always had a daily quiet time, even as the mother of 18 kids. And you say, how in the world did she do that, John? Well, let me tell you. She would sit in her rocking chair, and she wore a long apron. And, and the story says that she would sit in a rocking chair, take the hem of her apron, pull it up over her head. She'd have her Bible with her. She would be uh, reading the scripture and praying. And all of those 18 kids knew when mama was in her rocking chair and the apron was over her head, they had best be quiet. And she trained those kids to do just that, to be quiet. And she spent an hour in her rocking chair every single day with her apron up over her head in prayer and devotion with God. You know, uh, where there's a will, there's a way, right? I mean, necessity's the mother of invention, right? Well, there you go. It can be done. You just got to find a quiet place. The problem is, as I said, in today's culture, there's just so much noise going on. The, the radio is always on, or the TV is always on, or our smartphones are always ringing, or our smart, smartwatch is vibrating on our wrist. Something's always going on. The problem is, when there's so much noise that surrounds you, you can't hear God speak. You want to hear God speak? You want to get tuned in to what God really, how God wants to guide you? Particularly when you're saying, God, I just don't know what to do. I need help. I need your guidance. I need some direction here. Here's what you got to do. You got to retreat. You got to find a quiet spot. You just have to do this. Matter of fact, Luke 5, 16 says it this way, that Jesus often went away to other places to be alone so that he could pray. So don't think that you'd be doing this, you know, just, uh, just on your own without any precedent. No, even Jesus needed to get away from the noise. And he didn't have a smartphone. He wasn't wearing a smartwatch. He didn't have the TV on all the time. 
But even Jesus had to get away to find a quiet spot. Here's the second thing I need you to do. If you want to tune in, if you want to get the guidance from God, if you want this unbreakable promise of God's guidance in your life, you need to relax. That is, you got to be still. You need to relax. You need to be still. You get away to that quiet spot, and then you need to relax. You need to be still. Matter of fact, Habakkuk tells us this. He says, not only will he climb his watchtower, that is, he's going to retreat, but then what does he say? And I'll wait to see what the Lord will tell me. All right? That's what he says. And I'll wait to see what the Lord will tell me. I want you to circle the word wait right there. What's he talking about? He's talking about relax, be still, wait to see what God has in store for you. Matter of fact, we find it even in the psalmist, Psalm 4610, what does it say? It says, be still, you know the rest of this, be still and know that I am God. That's it, you know it. Be still and know that I am God. You know, God speaks to the person who takes time to listen. I know that that's not some, uh, just some brilliant statement, but it is so true. Listen, God speaks to those who will take time to listen. The reason so many of us just don't hear God speak is we're just too busy. We don't find time to be still. We don't find time to relax. We need to find that quiet spot, and then we need to calm our emotions, we need to calm our mind, we need to relax, and we need to be still. You know, uh, let me describe the, the reason why our prayer life as Christians often is so unfulfilling. If your prayer life is unfulfilling, it probably goes something like this. If you're able to get away to a quiet spot, you get away to a quiet spot, and then the moment you start to relax, the moment you start to calm down, what happens? Your mind begins to go, just spinning out of control. You begin to think about all the things that you say, I can't forget this, I can't forget that. I need, you know, all the responsibilities that you have, all the things that you've left undone, everything that needs to happen. Your, your mind begins thinking about this and that and the other thing. The moment you take time to begin to calm your uh, mind down. Here's the deal. Uh, you know, I understand that that's a normal thing, but it will disrupt your prayer time, and it will make your prayer time so unfulfilling and unsatisfactory. So what do you need to do? Let me give you an example. One of the things I do is I keep in my bedside uh, uh, drawer, I keep a stack of three by five cards, and I also keep some um, in my desk at my office. And whenever I'm in prayer, and the moment I start to relax and my mind begins to race, and I begin to think of all the things that I've left undone, the things I can't forget, the responsibilities, the things that need to happen, I will just write that down and then get back to prayer. So I may pray for a moment, and then something will come, and then I'll write it down and then get back to prayer. I'll be praying a little bit more. Something will come into my mind. I'll just write it down, and then I can get back to prayer. You know, 
the more you're able to train yourself like that, the less things start coming in to interrupt your prayer time. But if you allow those things to just continue to come without, without just jotting them down so you can get right back to it, you're going to find yourself that, that you're not able to listen to what God says. You've gone to all the trouble to find a quiet place. But now, once you've found your quiet place, you're unable to relax. You're unable to be still because your mind races and races. Write those things down and then get right back to prayer. All right, so find a quiet space. That's to retreat, then to relax. Then what's our third thing? To observe. To observe. What is God showing you? You got to be thinking about, okay, what now is God showing me? What is he, what is he, what is he showing me in, in uh, a mental picture of my mind? Matter of fact, let's go back to Habakkuk. What does he say? So he's going to climb his watchtower. He's going to wait to see what God has in store for him. And then, he, and, and then in the NIV, he says, I will look to see what he says to me. I will look to see what he says to me. Now, if you've got your, if you've uh, printed it out, circle the word look. If you haven't, take your trusty index finger, circle the word look right there, because it's kind of an odd way of saying it, isn't it? I will look to see what he will say to me. Now, why would he say that? Why would he say, I will look to see what he says to me? Well, because one of the one of the top ways that God speaks is that when you found that quiet place, when you've relaxed and are still, often God will give you a mental image. He will give you a mental picture. And what I'm talking about is this is one way that God does his speaking. He gives us an impression a mental image, a, a mental picture of what we need to do. This is one of the top ways that God speaks during our prayer time. Uh, it's a primary way that God contacts people is through impressions in our mind. He gives us a mental image, a mental picture, or a, uh, some type of a vision inside of our head. In fact, what do we see? We've seen it happen all through the Old Testament. As I said earlier, we've seen it happen with Noah and with Moses and with Abraham. We've seen it happen with uh, uh, Jacob and Job and David and Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Hosea and on and on and on and on and on. And we've seen it over in the New Testament. God uses these mental images, these mental pictures, these mental impressions in order to speak to us, to give us the guidance that you and I need. Matter of fact, I think that's probably one of the reasons Jesus said so often, watch and pray. Watch. What are we watching for? We're watching to see the kind of image, the kind of vision, the kind of picture that God will give us in our mind. Watch and pray. And if, look, I know that may sound weird, but if you can grasp what I'm saying here, it will really change your prayer time. It will really change the way that you pray. 
by being still and observing what it is that God is showing you. You see, we need to retreat, right? We need to relax, and we need to observe. You want guidance from God? Get in a quiet place. Be still, and then be observant. What is God showing you during this time of prayer? Now, here's the fourth way that God is speaking, and that is to record Record, that is, write down what comes to mind. All right? So now you're in a quiet place. You're still before the Lord. You're, you're observing what it is that the Lord has in store for you, what the Lord is trying to tell you. And then, what do you need to do? You need to write that down. Write down what God is telling you, what, what he is showing you. Write this stuff down. Record what it is that comes to mind. How do we get that? Well, right back to Habakkuk again. It says, the Lord gave me this answer. Write down clearly what I revealed to you. I mean, there you go. Write it down. Write down clearly what the Lord uh, uh, reveals to you. What I reveal to you, says the Lord. You know, so you get the progression. Remember, in chapter 1 of, of uh, Habakkuk, what is Habakkuk doing? Habakkuk goes to the Lord and says, Lord, I've got six questions for you. And he lays out these six questions. And then Habakkuk says, okay, now I'm ready to... to Go and, and listen to what the Lord has got in store for me. So what is he says? I'll climb up in my watchtower. What's he doing? He's retreating, right? I'll climb up into my watchtower. And then he says, I'll wait to see what the Lord has in store for me. That is, he's going to relax. He's going to be still. And then he's going to observe what God is showing him. What is God showing him in these mental, uh, mental image, mental picture, or an impression from the Holy Spirit? And then, what's he said? I got this answer. Write down clearly what I reveal to you. Write it down. That is, to record it. To record it. So, what is it? What, you say, what in the world does this have to do with me? Well, let me say this. It's very likely that your prayer time may be in a rut. Your prayer time's in a rut. You do the exact same thing, pray the exact same prayer every single solitary time that you're praying. Well, wait a minute. If your prayer time is in a rut and you're finding it unsatisfactory, if you're finding it less than stellar, then, then change it up. Change it up. Do, do, get still and, and be asking God some specific questions. Be still enough so that you can get away from the noise. Retreat enough far away so you can get away from the noise. And then wait to see what God is showing you. What is it that God is showing you? And then write this stuff down. The solution to getting out of the rut is maybe you want to, you should write your prayers down as you pray them. That's one way to get out of the rut, is to begin to write down your prayers even as you're praying them. I mean, some, some have said to me, John, is it, is it really okay to write while I'm praying? Well, of course it is. 
Absolutely, it's fine to write while you're praying. You know, it's one of the ways that enables uh, you to connect with God by writing it out, by visualizing the words. Then you're visualizing what it is that you're praying to the Lord. So, you know, if you want to, to, uh, uh, to spice up your prayer life, start writing your prayers down. Then, as you're praying and you, the days go along and you've been praying for God's answer, when God gives the answer, you're writing that down. And then you can look back and say, you know, I remember when on this date, I started praying for this particular thing. I needed guidance from God and I received this guidance today on this date. It's called journaling. It's what so many successful prayers do. Those who are successful and uh, excited in their praying, they will often journal. Now, here's the last piece that I want you to know, because if you want to receive guidance from God after you've, after you've retreated, you've gotten a quiet place, right? Then you've relaxed, you're still be still and know that I am God. You're, you're waiting on God to respond. Then you're observing. What is God showing me? What is the mental image that I'm getting? What are the Holy Spirit impressions that I have here? Then I'm recording. I'm writing it down. And once you've received that answer, what are you doing? It is this. Worship. Praise God for his guidance. Yeah. Worship. Praise God for the answer to the prayer. Praise God that he has given you the guidance that you have sought. So often we get, we'll get the guidance we need, not even connect it back to the fact that we've prayed about it, and then we'll just go on as if God had not really answered that prayer. It's just something that happened in our life. Well, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of looking the gift horse in the mouth, right? I mean, that's like receiving a present from, from someone and not even bothering to open it up or not even bothering to say thank you. If you've opened it, you, you're not sending a thank you card or, or expressing thanks to the person who has given you the gift. Well, worship is when we do just that. We give God thanks and praise for what he has done and his care for us to guide and direct people like you and me. In fact, check this out from Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 2. says this, O oh Lord, now I have heard your report, and what do I do? I worship you. Yeah. I worship you. Lord, I have heard your report, and now I worship you. That's what, that's what grateful followers of Jesus do, is we worship. We offer the Lord all that we are and all that we have in a way of simply saying, thank you, God, for your guidance, for your direction, for your leading, for all that you have done for us. Folks, you need guidance from God? Are you struggling with what to do in your relationship, what to do in your career? You're, 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 you, are you struggling with what to do about your finances or you've got a health issue and that you really need to take this thing to the Lord in prayer? 
What are you struggling with? What do you need guidance in? Well, right here in the book of Habakkuk, he tells us exactly how to go about it. Find that quiet spot. If you need to take off your smartwatch, take it off. If you need to, to, uh, to shut your phone down, shut your phone down. It's okay to turn your phone off. Just get in a quiet spot. And when you get in that quiet spot, relax. Relax. Be still. Soak into the presence of God. If things come up, if your mind begins to race, just jot that thing down and then go right back to the Lord. And then observe. What is the Lord showing you? What is the impression that you're receiving right then? What is the, what is the mental image that you are getting as you are praying? And then record, write it down. Jot down what that image is, what that impression is, what the Lord is telling you. And then as you've received that answer, go to the Lord in a time of worship, in praise, in adoration. For he has heard you. He cares about you more than you even care about yourself. He, he desires to hear you pray more than you are willing to pray. This is how much he cares. Every detail of your life. And when you grasp all that, your prayer time with the Lord will be so much more satisfying, so much more fulfilling. You will know that you have been in communication with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the very one who spoke to Moses in the burning bush. You will have that intimate time with God. Are you struggling with what to do? Go seek this guidance from God. For he cares about you. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the unbreakable promise of God. The unbreakable promise of your guidance to us. You have shown us exactly how it is that you will guide us. And how we can tune in to you. How we can tune out the noise and tune in to the beautiful symphony of prayer. Thank you, Lord, so much for your care for us. Just as James has said, that when we give all our worries and cares to you, we can do so because we know that you care about us. Thank you for that. Thank you for a love that never ends and never fails. You know, Lord, there are those who are who are in worship right now who, 
who are really struggling with, with their relationships. Maybe it's a relationship between the husband and wife or a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Maybe it's relationships between parents and children. And Lord, they need your guidance of how, how best to proceed. Lord, grant them that guidance and direction that they need. There are those who are really concerned about their career choices. Should they take another job? Should they, should they continue in the job that they're in? What do they need to do? How do they need to deal with conflict within the, within the office? Lord, we pray right now for guidance and direction that your Holy Spirit would speak into that matter and give them clear image about what it is that they need to do and press upon them through the power of your Holy Spirit. There are those right now, Lord, that are, that are hurting because they have a health issue and they don't know what they need to do. What's next? Should they continue on with treatment? Should they, uh, should they seek a second opinion? Uh, is, is there something else that they need to do in order to uh, ensure they're receiving the care that they need? Lord, right now, I pray for all those who are seeking guidance over health issues right now. And I pray the power of the Holy Spirit to be upon them and ask God, that in their quiet time, that you would give them a clear response, a clear answer to their health issue. And Lord, I know that there are those right now who are very concerned about their financial situation. The pandemic has just gone on and on and on and on and on. And they're wondering if they're going to have a job in January or even if they're going to have a job next week. And there are those right now that uh, have lost their jobs. They're in industries that have been so heavily impacted by the pandemic that now they're wondering where their next meal is going to come from or whether they're going to be able to make the next month's rent. And so I pray right now, Heavenly Father, for your Holy Spirit provision in their life, Lord, you know their needs. You care about every detail of their life. And so I pray right now in the holy and precious and powerful name of Jesus that you, Lord, would speak in a way that would provide clarity for their next move. Lord, for all of these, plus the unspoken prayer requests represented by all of us in this place all around the world, we lift them to you, knowing that you, Lord, have given us the unbreakable promise of your guidance when we don't know what to do. Thank you, God, for your love never ends and never fails. And we pray all this in the powerful and matchless and mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen.